Welcome to a new episode of These Go to Eleven. Let's turn it up. Hey everybody, welcome back to These Go to Eleven, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. This not only helps us to get our content out there, but also helps us to find out what you, our faithful listeners, think. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to these Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Greg Dutcher. Greg, what's going on, man? Dude, I'm in a festive mood because isn't this episode coming out on Halloween? It is. That's good. So I am weeks beyond the depression of the collapse of our two Baltimore sports <laughs> franchises. So I'm, I'm doing great. Nice. It's in the rear view, it, though it feels like it was just yesterday that the Ravens gave away a game to the Pittsburgh uh, Evil Empire Steelers and uh, the, Orioles, um, the Orioles sucked eggs <laughs> and uh, dropped two at home. 101 wins, two drops in their first two games of the playoffs. And you know, Greg, I barely knew what was going on with either of them. Dude, so I seriously thought of you yesterday. I did. <laughs> and I, 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 I'm not even doing this for humor. I talked with Lisa, and I said, she said, of course, Greg, this is just what you always do. You overreact because I have an excluded middle. We'll psychoanalyze me next podcast. But uh, I said, I am seriously thinking of not watching sports, giving up sports, which in one sense, think about what an incentive that would be for Lisa. Right. But she, I just said, I'm just, it, I feel like I'm at the point I'm only enjoying it if we win, and I don't know how to enjoy it for itself. So I'm right. like, so why am I doing it when statistically one team out of 32 can win the World Series? Right. One team out of 30 can win the Super Bowl. What the crap am I doing? <laughs> Torturing myself every year. But I'm fine now because it's two weeks after that happened. <laughs> or three weeks, whatever it is. Right. And we've got an amazing guest. I mean, we not really, do. but that's just what we're going to say. We've got a guest. Yeah, we got a guest. <laughs> We've got, you know what, did you tell me, Nathan, the cardboard cutout wasn't available this morning, so we had to go with a backup? Yeah, well, you know, what happened was we were doing our planning, and uh, you had blindfolded me, and I was throwing the darts at the board, <laughs> oh, um, and so this is where it landed. <laughs> Kevin, we, we want you to find your esteem in Jesus, because you won't find it here. Yes, I'm living in the bathroom at CFC, yeah. and they have... They just told me to come out and help them out today, so that's why I'm here. We said uh, the UPS guy is sick today who we would get as our final backup, so we got this guy. No. Yeah. And this no. is still a step down. This is a big, yeah. Yeah, this is, so sorry. Save this, David. Let's yeah. give a better introduction to our friend. No, we are we are pleased to welcome back uh, yes, Kevin Marr joining us, um, director uh, one of the directors of Young Life here in Harford County, correct? Yep, and the air director and here. Um, we are so glad to have you. We had you on uh, earlier uh, in the year, and this month we are uh, talking about missions, and we're talking about Missions Month, and we've had uh, Christina Knapp and Dan Wright talk about the Philippines. Yeah, they were great. Um, well, actually, we had uh, Joy come on, talk first about she was uh, her really experience good. with Ghana, Yep. Um, and then Christina and Dan, and then um, a friend of mine, uh, Mike Callahan, talking about his ministry um, in India. Yep. 
Uh, and now we have Kevin on who is going to be talking to us about what it's like uh, being a missionary in America, because that is your job. Your job is to integrate into the the youth culture um, and to find inroads with the gospel. And so, um, Kevin, just a refresher and reminder for our listeners, uh, tell us specifically what, what it is that you do by going into these schools and trying to present the gospel. Sure, yeah. So, uh, yes, Young Life has been around for a long time, and uh, as the area director for Harford County, my job is not only do I lead at high school at a, at a high school down the road, but I train and recruit leaders who are essentially missionaries, volunteer mm-hmm. missionaries, and train them and help them see the bigger picture uh, of the gospel going to unreached kids. And so... Um, that's really done through becoming part of the culture by showing up, finding inroads with teachers and parents, being at games. Um, I think I've said this before with you guys, but if you show up once, you're just kind of like, who's this weird guy that's in the stands? And then, <laughs> but if you show up 25 times, you're just Kevin and you start to build those relationships. Um, you know that the people you hang out with over time, you just become closer with. And yeah. there's a relationship that forms and we, we just pray and find inroads for uh, God to really use us. So good, good. Nathan, a professional podcasting moment. Our audience can't see, but you had Kevin get closer to the mic <laughs> as he was talking. My Very nose good. is on the pop filter. Yeah, that's helpful. Exactly. That that Dude, will be helpful. It, it yes. sanitize me, this. It's because I think we learned with Joy, didn't we? Yeah. That she was a little, and she looked close to it. But yeah, you got to be on top of that mic. Uh, Kevin, that's awesome. Uh, when we've had you on before, obviously, I have as a parent kind of gotten a glimpse from a parent's perspective uh my my son isaac is uh loves young life he's very involved he goes to a local public school here and uh you know it's favorite part of the week um i'm gonna throw you for a curve on this one kevin because i didn't say we were gonna talk about culture and all that we will um what are your thoughts i I, know i'll just make it a question isaac talks to some of his leaders that you help train and you know, sort of put in play, um, and it's gotten very close to a couple of them, and, you know, they, they just hang out, uh, not just on the preset club meetings or anything like that. They just hang out, and I uh, have really enjoyed watching those relationships develop. Have you ever had parents, and I'm going to talk a little in-house, Christian parents that uh, feel maybe a little protective, um, don't want that, I'm just curious, or maybe you haven't. Do you mean the ha- don't want the relationship to be outside of the official meetings with with kids? Is that what you mean? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Actually, that's not quite what I meant, but I, I think that's an interesting place to start. Yes, uh, yes, but also that's less frequent than than people might think. Yeah, I, I think that uh, maybe if you go back ten or fifteen years, you have a sense that kids are doing okay. They don't really need other adults in their life. I will say now that it's pretty inherent to a Christian and non-Christian nation culture that kids are struggling and they need people. There you go. I mean, Mm -hmm. adults are are struggling. And so for me as a parent, I have two boys, three and one, that everybody who's in their life, my thought is if you love them, you're you're loving me. And so I think a lot of parents are in that same uh, once that same boat, once you develop the relationship, they actually appreciate it. The initial thought of who is this is just 
is always there for any parent that cares about their kid. Yeah. But over really time is is the great builder of trust and, yeah. and consistency. So I think that's really what helps smooth out those relationships. Yeah. Well, I, I should just out it here. The reason I bring it up is we've had a couple of moments now where Isaac has talked. I won't say what because I'm not going to violate his privacy. But he talked about things that are on his mind, his heart, personal things. Um, and probably like all parents, there's an initial struggle like, oh, man, he talked about that with his leader before he talked about it with me. Um, and I got great advice years ago from Dave Shive, who been on this podcast maybe a million years mm -hmm. ago, Nathan, who um, he was the first person I ever heard and said, and Dave, as an older generation man, yep. was forward thinking on this. He said, Greg, if you don't welcome other adults in your kids, you are doing them a great disservice. Because there is an extreme kind of in-house bunker Christian mentality that the parent is the primary, remember you heard that, influencer yeah, yeah. of the kids. I'm not doubting they're the primary influencer, but sometimes taken to this absolutist extreme, mm -hmm. I, I, I've learned to love that, that people that love the Lord, that, that want to just be uh, an influence in my kid's life are talking to him, and he's got that community. Because I think most teenagers, no matter how close they are to their parents, mm -hmm. just don't want to talk about certain things at certain times with their parents. Mm -hmm. So, I would also say too. I think teens, teenagers, people in general, but teenagers are really good at sniffing out um, people that aren't trustworthy, or yeah. even just someone who's putting on a face for them. Even though they're young, I, they they're so good at seeing like this is fake, this yeah. isn't right. Yeah. And so there is this sense of, do we trust them with everything? No, but we we can trust that this person is caring for my. They they feel safe with this person. Yeah. And also, they've proven it to me as a parent. They're, the relationships there, we see that happening outside of this. Yeah. Um. And and it's also just a, a. It would be a lie to think that parents are the primary influencers in their kids' life. Right. It, not that they they don't have a huge influence, but every time they step into school or they talk to a friend or they get, they see a movie or music, like there's stuff that's in there that they are just hearing and thinking about. Yep. More than just the words of their parents, and that's and so someone who's on the good side of that of going hey one i want to talk to you about things that really matter your heart your thoughts your all of that is going to be super beneficial for a parent to know hey there's another adult here yep. who loves them even if they don't believe everything that they believe but loves them and is in their life with them and i know who that adult is that's a great thing that's good that's good i um i can say kevin it has benefited my son greatly because I, no matter what you do, at the end of the day, somebody who's 20, 21, 22 is just closer to their experience, and I get it. They they trust the experience, right? They trust the proximity of life situation. It speaks to them in a certain way, and I just that's that's kind of a separate topic, but that's been on my mind for a bunch of reasons right now. Let's talk a little bit, Kevin, about culture. Um, we've been talking with some of the missionaries that are, in, you know, on foreign soil, uh, uh, to use sort of an antiquated term. Our global partners. Global partners, exactly. Um, 
so many people might think, oh, boy, yeah, it's got to be hard to go over there yeah, where there's this language issue, this language issue here, almost under the assumption that there is no unique culture here or cultural challenges here. Um, well, just what are your thoughts on sort of the, the culture that the kids you are trying to influence and reach, what they're living in today? Yeah, um, this is, yeah, this is hard. This is a lot of really tough stuff to talk about because it's more hurtful to them than we realize. Yeah. Um, I would say that kids and potentially many adults um, probably value the perception of happiness over actual happiness, mm. um, that it's better to look a certain way than it is to actually be that inside. And uh, I mean, we can say that social media, we can we can say a bunch of things, but some of it's just so much information coming at us. It's easier to self-protect. And why not just show, oh, I'm, like, I don't have it together, but if I can show I do, it makes me feel good that at least somebody thinks I do or maybe even trick ourselves. Um, I actually said this to some of our leaders recently that when Instagram came out in 2012 or 13 or 11, one of those, um, I was in college and I just remember how it felt so weird to post a picture alone. Like mm. people would like kind of not made fun of that, but that was like, oh man, this guy's got no friends or something like that. But <laughs> now you can go to any high schooler's Instagram and it is influencer culture. They're all alone in their pictures. They don't have friends at all. It's just a series of pictures of them. Now I'm not knocking them for that. I'm just saying it's a change in thought of yep. presenting a good way. I also would say that just kids um, here don't, they, it's post-Christian, people would say. There's 4% of all kids are, are like involved in a church with their families yeah. now. And that's a, that's a huge deal, which means we can never assume that they know anything about God. Wow. In fact, Barna did a survey recently, and they said the first two places where kids, where Gen X teenagers would say is a reliable source to know about Jesus is, one, their family— so whatever their family says about him, mm -hmm. or the second one was, was shocking. It was 20% of the vote was themselves. Just whatever wow. comes up in their head, whatever I feel, whatever I see in nature, whatever I like hear in a song, I make my decision about who he is. So the first two sources kids are going to, that's 50% of the survey. They, it's, they, they don't know. They're, there's not a Christian culture. And so this is kind of what we're dealing with with kids. Um, but man, the same things, the thing that I would say, sorry, I'm getting close. Sorry, guys. Here we go. Now I'm right up on it. Uh, the thing that we talked about with our leaders actually last week was this reality that I asked them, hey, what are things that you really want? Mm -hmm. Internal things that, that satisfy you. And, you know, we can make these categories with people. This is Gen X. This is these people in this group. And then I asked, okay, so what are some of the things that Gen, Gen X wants? And if you look at it, it's the same exact stuff. It just fleshes out differently. Mm -hmm. And so we're not so different than this generation of kids. Just how it fleshes out and how they're meeting the needs looks different. But it's the, the internal desires are all the same still. Yeah. And I would say that's true of any generation. I, I mean, I can I speak on kids because that's what I that's where my job is. But I'm also a missionary to my neighbors. I'm a mm -hmm. mission, you know, like another people in my neighborhood. So I would just say that's some of the unique culture. There's certainly a lot more, but definitely perception over reality of what's really going on is, is seems to dominate teenagers today. When you look, Kevin, for common ground, we've talked about this, I think, before, maybe the first time we had you on, or I think we did, you know, the, 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 con the common go-to biblical narrative answer would be, you know, like Acts 17, 
Paul's at Mars Hill. And, uh, you know, of course, he walks around. He sees there's altars to many gods. Then he finds the altar to an unknown god, which seems to be kind of the, well, that's our, uh, let's just, that's kind of our, let's just throw out uh, one catch-all category in case we missed anybody. And it's just enough for Paul to get his foot in the door and appeal to him, hey, I see you're a very religious people, uh, sort of takes advantage, looks for a, a common touch point, and, you know, takes it from there. Um, you've kind of hinted at it. What are some of the common touch points that you see? So, kid, you know, again, 96%, as you just said, uh, of kids not involved in church regularly with their families it means the majority of kids that you meet, you know, out there in the wild, so to speak are uh, not going to have, you know, these assumed biblical categories. What do you, what have you seen? What do you look for? What uh, platforms are there for you to connect with them on? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, The first thing I would really go to is uh, understanding that they suffer from the exact same things. Everyone that is not a believer and a believer their flesh is at war with them, that there's sin in them and, and that Christ is the answer and I'm not the answer. And it's not, and honestly, this is why the gospel and the message of it has not changed. It's, it's why the method of discipleship that Jesus used has not changed and, and mission, mission work and all of that. It hasn't changed because if we can start there, then you will understand it's the same thing for kids. They just probably can't articulate it or cover it up as well as adults do, but the need is there. Um, I would say that to be a great missionary to people, and I'm saying the United States States is not a Christianized nation anymore. Yep. It's certainly not. So this is a this is a mission field. Mm-hmm. Even if it was, it, it's still a mission field um, until everyone believes. But uh, we need to be great listeners to mm-hmm. to the things that are deeper than just the issue that's being talked about on the surface. Yeah. So everything will flesh out in a certain way. Sadness will flesh will flesh out in a way. Hopelessness, purpose, uh, lack of purpose, or uh, instability in in life. Things that Jesus offers as our firm foundation and the rock that we can build our life on, and uh, just the savor of our souls. Um, being a great listener there in terms of specific touch points. Um, I think family's a really great place to start where it's a it's a pretty easy inroad to get yep. to know kids and get to know what they're about. Talking about what they do at night on the mm-hmm. weekends. Hey, who are some of your close friends? And is it hard to build friendships? Have you found that there's anybody that you can really trust? Um, kids feel that yeah. really strong. It's not as simple as whoever was on my street back in, you know, back when I was growing up, it was like whoever's on your street is your closest friends. Right. You know, you just hang out after school. And it's just not the case with kids. Yes. Um, and also, man, the, the thing to get at is many people, kids included, are just exhausted. Like we are really mm. – culture is so fast moving. And yeah. it's hard to find a time when people have any open time anymore. And so just even addressing that, like, man, it sounds like you're really busy. Like, yeah. is that tough for you? You know, you start getting to that and then you start – People will inevitably share, because I do this with my friends, what's underneath of it if you just listen close enough and you start to go, how, okay, Jesus, how do you want to meet this need through me? I'm the mask that you're wearing Mm. to to meet the need of this person. And and then we're patient and consistent in in that. So I wish it's not as specific as we look for the needs that Christ meets and then we see, ask him to, to reveal ways that we can step into that. 
I love that. I mean, that's a, like you said, that's that is true for for just to be listened to. And I wonder, is part of that just like you said? It is so fast paced. I I feel exhausted sometimes watching the world my kids live in, because obviously phones are an inevitable part. We have they have their phones. We don't uh, we don't try to fight that. That's just you know I I think they're going to live in the world. Um, but the the information that comes at them, the entertainment, and I'm I'm just feeling increasingly older because I never quite get their memes they'll show something to each other and i'm like i don't understand that they're just like dad you never mind uh it's like i get memes that were early 2000s if there even were memes then and 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 that sort of thing but the idea of just like you said given their the basic needs are the same right the longing for acceptance community connection uh purpose you know those are universal every culture every place um, and that's actually just a good reminder for me to listen. I wonder how many kids have you asked, hey, do you feel there's somebody that really listens to you and understands you? Hmm. I wonder how many kids would would say, yeah, uh, even even uh, among their friends. Speaking of, Kevin, do you find social skills? I, 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 I really want to know what you see. Is Is it true from your experience? It's easy for old heads like me to talk, oh, kids today, um, and I'm sure I do that all the time. Uh, is there a, the the common criticism is, hey, in my generation, you know, kids would hang out on the mall, you know, or at a mall on a Friday night, and they had no phone, so they would talk to each other, and they'd walk in groups, and they'd sit down in the food court, and they would laugh and tell stories, and they would connect. And today, this is kind of the character. They don't do that. They are on their phones. They're walking in a group. They don't know how to communicate to each other, talk to each other. Is that true? Is it an exaggeration? Is it true somewhere in the middle? What have you found in kids' ability to actually connect with other people? Yeah, I, I don't think it's any different. I think they found ways to just to to hide the awkwardness that we all felt when we were kids too. Like they just have a thing in their hand now that they can go to to cover those awkward pauses when yeah. we were together it and we know you know cell phones are going to probably end up being like cigarettes in the 50s like we just don't yeah. know how bad they were for us yet right. until right. and the data comes out in <laughs> in 20 years and we're like man this is really bad for us yeah. but i will say this they just like when you were growing up or i was growing up without a cell phone in my hand I was learning social <laughs> cues and norms yes. just with my friends at school. When was it cool to say these things? When was it not? When, you know, does this person, what happens when we just, the conversation ends and all that, you know, just stuff that's a little bit harder. Now, granted, we fought through it a little bit more, Yeah. but but they just have a, a device now that allows them to go, okay, I don't know what to do with this. So I'm going to go here. I think you'll find that they are, they're people just like us. So they are dying, itching to connect with somebody. Yeah. And so I think being in the proximity of people I would say this is true with adults too. The longer you're just around people, all people, we have a desire to connect. It's why COVID hurt us so bad. Believer or not believer, mm -hmm. you, you were apart from people and it hurt yep. and, and everyone started going crazy. Even the, like you said at church a couple of weeks ago, like the introverts were hurting even after a couple, oh, yeah. uh, a month or two. And I would say that's because we're, we know it's because Jesus created us to connect that we were made in his yep. image that, he's in relationship with himself. So we're meant to be in relationship with him. And so, um, I would say it hasn't changed a lot. Yeah. The, 
the thing that is really important is being in consistent proximity. Mm. So I help coach soccer at a high school nearby and I am clearly 32 now <laughs> um, where it used to be like, ah, you're in college before, you know, when I wasn't in college, I was looked a little younger, but kids have aged my eyes. And so they can tell and uh, yeah, just lack of sleep. But it took a couple weeks for guys to really warm up to me. And I was showing wow. up every day to be like, okay, I trust this guy. And uh, it's a, like, it's, it's good for him to be around us. Mm. Um, he doesn't condemn us when we cuss. He yep. doesn't do those types of things that they're wondering, is this adult somebody safe or do I have to put on a face for them again? Yeah. Just like I put on for the teachers sometimes when it's like, oh, I shouldn't have done. I'm so sorry. It's good to have boundaries, obviously, like right. teachers and to have rules. But there are people who are looking at adults and are wondering, can I actually be myself around them or do yeah. I have to put on? The last thing I would say on this, just a practical tip, is I would say if you are trying to reach kids or people, but and, and adults, but kids especially, um, don't insert yourself into a conversation that you're not a part of. Like wow. I don't hear them talking about memes and go, dude, did you see that? It's like, why can't I just sit there and just be a part of it? And then when something comes up that matters and, and we're talking and yeah. I ask a question to be a part of it, I think sometimes as missionaries or people who work in the youth field or whatever, we can feel like we need to build a relationship in a week. And right. it's like, you don't have to, you just be consistent enough and keep praying say, yeah. ask the Lord to give you favor. And so I think over the years, it was a time when I thought I would dominate the conversation. I'd be the guy like, Hey, what's up, man? Like all those things. But I've noticed a significant depth that's come with people. Yeah. And when I walk in and don't try to be the first, first word, the first everything. And just are like, how's it going, man? What are you doing? You know, what was this weekend like? Yeah. And then when a, a friend comes over, I don't feel like I need to go to that friend and go, hey, man, like you're the, you know, it just, it becomes a little bit easier when you come in with a posture of listening That's and I don't need to insert myself into everything. So that's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. There, I see it. Uh, I see the desperation sometimes. I mean, I think parents feel it with their kids sometimes. Oh, they're changing. They're not as close and you can try to force it. You know what I mean? And you just, hey, yeah, yeah. I watched that thing too. And it, it's just. The old, you know, take what the defense gives you, uh, I think is uh, in true in many places. Hear that, Ravens? Take what the defense gives you. <laughs> Sorry, it's a little aside. And, Kevin, I kind of, uh, Nathan has been very quiet because, as I told you guys beforehand, I had a little situation come up that involves taking something to my son, who I've mentioned, to his school before he gets out. Yeah. So um, I'm going to slip out, Nathan. All right. Sounds good, man. Cool. We'll go ahead and continue and wrap up. Kevin, and, uh, a pleasure. Thanks, man. I can listen to you all day or never at all. No, <laughs> I can listen to you anytime. Uh, yes. In all seriousness. See you, dudes. See uh, ya. Peace out, man. Um, so, Kevin, as Greg is uh, kind of making his transition uh, out of here. Fortunately, um, I'm, uh, I'm slight of build. <laughs> so, I'll get right out there. You guys, uh, can you see me? I'm sideways. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and so. One of the things that uh, I know I'm curious about that we've been talking with um, our our friends is that there is there is a different dynamic when it comes to youth, mm. and the you know it, it there are universal things when it comes to people, right? Um, and we can we can talk about those things, but there are dynamics that that differ from adults and youth. And so, what are those dynamics that you see 
Um, if you were going to sit down and talk with a parent or with adults and you were going to be, you know, let's say have a session or a seminar on on youth and what what people need to know mm-hmm. in engaging, interacting with youth. What are some things that you would throw out there and say, OK, here are some things that I want to plant in your head that you might not know? Hmm. That's a really good question. I mean, the. Uh, I wish I would have thought about this because there are there are differences in how I talk and what I choose to say with parents and kids. I, I would say one thing that is really important, and you do this in relationship with adults too, but I think with kids is is to be infinitely curious about what they're about and just continue to ask questions about them and have them not assume that you're there to just impart knowledge, that you actually see them and you care about them. Where I think a lot of people are like that, but as adults, we, we understand that learning's good and all those things, whereas kids, they're especially teenagers, they're just trying to figure out. I mean, I was like this as a teenager. I was trying to be independent and figure out my own stuff and do my own way. But instead of uh, my young life leader uh, in my life was very curious about my life rather than going, his thought was like, I'm not a project to be, to kind of be shaped and molded. I'm a person who needs to be loved and Christ is the one who can shape my heart. This was even before I was a believer and he just listened and loved and I would say asking really good questions. Um, most teenagers, as rude as this can sound, because they think they know everything, <laughs> I do too sometimes, is that uh, they will, causing them to think in a safe place, knowing that you won't condemn them or you're trying to like do a gotcha moment, which is really big in our culture to get people. If they know you're not going to ask them a question just to stick it back in their face, they might come to the conclusion that you wanted to share in the first place anyway, <laughs> which is which is really fun. So they're just void of people listening to the real them because they're constantly putting on a face. And, they're, and friendships are about quantity of time, not quality of time. Mm-hmm. So as adults, I can have a best friend six months later, get with him, and he's still my best friend, whereas mm-hmm. kids go through best friends like, like yeah. water. So I think just quantity of time and trustworthiness and asking good questions. So really, yeah. I mean, like kind of what I'm hearing is, you know, they want to know that they're valued for themselves and yes. who they are, not not for what they can offer, not for the right answers that they can give, not for the face that they can put on yes. and present. Um, you know, they, they're looking for someone that they can be themselves with, as right. you said earlier. And, and as just, adults, I would say, sorry to cut you off, but no, no, as adults, fine. I would say too, with adults, we're all still looking for that believers and non-believers that believers just know we can find that in Christ. But like as adults, we just get better at hiding it. Like we, now we have an income and it's like, how do I increase that to feel more comfortable? Now I have a house that I can keep clean and the more clean it is, the more friends I have, the more all of that, it's still the same. It's just that they haven't learned to cover it as well. And so we see kids and we're like, what are they about? Like, I don't know how to do it. It's just like, actually my neighbor does the same thing. Um, because I know I know that because almost every conversation with them is about their job and the next promotion. And it's like that seems to be something they really care about. That is a covering the idea of where's my value come from. So it's I think just kids can be a lot easier for adults to see because you're like, that's where I was one day. I can see it. But it really isn't any different. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just they also other thing about kids, they ju- they want to have fun, like finding ways to have fun with them. If you think about it, our fun has changed, but we take, like, I'll, I remember I would always keep a bathing suit in my car so that whenever I was driving with guys a long distance, if we ever found, this was in college, <laughs> I was wild then, but 
I was still leading Young Life, and I would be taking guys through all these like backcountry roads and everything. And uh, anytime we found a body of water, we made a rule that we were going to jump in. Mm-hmm. And it was just that surprise and joy of just like, oh my gosh, this adult really cares for me. And they walk the walk and they talk the talk. They're not just here to impart knowledge. They really want to be with me. And so that was a big deal for kids because their idea of fun is like getting a bunch of likes and, mm-hmm. and playing Xbox now, which is fine. Right. But it's, yeah, there's an adventure and a joy and surprise they miss. There's an affirmation that goes on with the fun that they're they're looking to have, right? And it's so easy where when we were growing up, the affirmation was the, you know, 10, 20 people that were in your friend circle, whatever that might be. And that was it. Well, now your influence in your quote unquote friend group has expanded to hundreds of people, maybe even thousands of people on your social media. And so now the affirmation is coming, like you said, from those likes and from those comments and and views and things like that. Um, And so, you know, being able, I think, to put in and say, you know what, I, I value you as an individual, right? Being the loudest person in their life that can say, I value you and I have value for you, um, I think goes a long way to building that, you know, that cachet to 100 um, percent invest in them. And then um, what becomes most important, right, is the gospel. And so talk to us about the inroads that you make in order to build that that credit so that you can go ahead and begin, you know, speaking that truth and that sure. life into them. Yeah, sure. Um, so I think thankfully with Young Life in terms of just the the way it's it's structured is we have it kind of got to a point when they were starting young life in the forties. It was like, we know we have so many relationships with kids. We can't all tell them the gospel one-on-one. Some kids we do, but it just, we just don't have the time for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we started building these events where we can do stuff at club, what we call it, which is kind of, uh, it's in a, it's a meeting for the most spiritually disinterested kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're talking about Christ. We're talking about Jesus. Um, I think in terms of just, Hey, if I'm one-on-one, I've built this relationship with a kid and or with a person, how do I how do I start stepping into the the things about Jesus? Um, I I am not in the camp where I think our first thing is to get people to an event. Mm-hmm. I think the best thing we can do is one introduce them to a community outside of an event. So mm-hmm. outside of uh, have a friend over for dinner yeah. and and have another friend over, someone from your church or something, and just see where the conversation goes. I think um, for kids, a lot of times what I see is they'll say, I've never, I just didn't, I've never really had the depth of relationship like that. Mm. And when you, when anyone introduces something that is new to them, it's a great time to ask a question where you're like, oh, why is that? You you feel like your friendships are like that? And I actually, with some of my guys that were neighbors, um, they're like in their mid thirties. I just remember asking them like, do you you guys feel like you have some good like guy friends that you guys talk about real things with just out of the blue, we were having a, like having some beers around a fire and um, all of them were like, no, we don't really talk about anything serious unless something really serious happens like a death. Mm. But other than that, there's nobody going, Hey, how's stuff going with like, you're like just being a dad. Do you guys feel like it's been hard to do mm. this? And ultimately that conversation can lead to, well, where's the standard come from? Like we yeah. can go to a heavenly father, but with kids, it's like, that's a great thing with family too. We have a heavenly father. We have ways to get into that. I think also for me, because of the role that I'm in, I'm showing up to the school a lot. There have been guys that I've built a relationship with over time. And I've just straight up asked them like, do you know why I come to your school? 
Like, mm-hmm. just, do you know why I'm here? Or like, you know, do you think it's weird that we have a, a friendship and I'm 10 years older than you or, right, you know, right, a couple right. years older. Um, and that leads, that can lead into it. And I think if you premise it with, or preface it with love, I'm here because I love you, but this is because I have been loved. Yeah. And I found deep purpose in, in showing people the person who loved me because I see that uh, we're all craving that. And you can yeah. go right into Christ. And there's and so, so much of it is um, based on, those are some of the inroad questions, but to even just give you the, the overlying principle is 1 Thessalonians 2.8, mm-hmm. which is the, so we cared for you that we, we desired to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Yeah. And so that is like, that's, that's mission work 101. Yeah. Um, and that's sharing the gospel one-on-one is, is because we are the mask of generosity that Jesus wears. Mm-hmm. Like he is generous to the world around us through us. Yeah. And, and he wants, he loves the people in our life more than we do. Yeah. He will use us to make those things known. The spirit in us, he will pop up those times when it's time to talk. Um, it really helps to just remember that I am not here to convince them of Christ. I'm here to, to, to tell what's true about him. Yeah. But if they're like, yeah, I don't know about that, man. It's like, that's cool. Like, I, like that's okay. Right. But I, I'm curious, if you want to get into it sometime, What what is it about that that is a little strange? But I'd rather know where someone's heart is than try to force them into something that they're going to feel like they have to lie to me about just so I'll, right. have to, I'll stop talking. Right. You know? or, or to feel like I've got to lie so that this person won't like me, right? Yes. And that's... You know, a lot of times that's what we see, too, is, you know, I just want to get this person out of my ear or I really want this person to like me. And so I'm going to tell them the things that I think they want to hear. Um, and so no no genuine connection or relationship actually gets built at that point. So um, it's fascinating that 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 becomes the approach is no, no, no. I want you to know that I love you because I know who I am as a person and I know that there's nothing lovable in me. But I can tell you that there's one who came that saved me. Right. Um, and so that's, that's, I mean, that's fantastic for Christ's love compels us, right? Like that's the thing behind it. So yeah. talk to me about the discipleship that goes on afterwards, because it's one thing, you know, uh, I feel like evangelism can, uh, have an improper method to it where it's like, Hey, you know, we go in and we get somebody saved and then our job's done. Um, but I know that's not young life's heart either that they yeah. want to continue in the discipleship of those who become believers. So talk to us about the discipleship that right. happens. Well, I would say I can I can speak on young life and I can just speak on my thoughts of how I've been discipled, just some even philosophy. But for young life, one of my favorite things that attracted me to be a leader, I met the Lord because a leader started showing up in my life and God mm-hmm. used him to share the gospel with me yeah. when I was in high school. Um, and uh, so I saw it modeled to me and that leader never left me. That was mm-hmm. for sure. I, I One of my favorite things is that leaders go with the kids to camp. Yeah. And I, so when I'm, I just texted a guy earlier, 30 minutes before this. And I said, Hey, Chris, I'd love for you to come to fall weekend with me. This is a guy that I've just gotten to know. He came to one young life thing, but I see him at the school. Would you come with me? You'll be in my cabin. It'll it'll be a blast. I wouldn't invite you to something that I think you would hate. So just like, cause you know that. And so the idea is what happens at camp is not different than, than home. I think Mm -hmm. we can, this is such an experience culture in Christianity now too, where we're, we're looking for the next experience. Right. And so we have to be the ones that go. Um, that's not how Christ operates is, is just to go. He wants to give us this next big experience, right. which 
even if he said this is how we do it, I think what we make experiences out to be Christian experience is probably not what he yeah. meant back then. But it was so much more about heart, the yeah. hearts and the relationships and what he was doing in people. Um, so one of the things that I think this is just a quick philosophy thought that I had a great friend in my life named Pat Goodman, who was on Young Life staff for a long time and still is partially, but he trained me. And I just remember he asked our group of people once, he said, um, all right, let's just tell me all the things the disciples did wrong. And it was, and we went into, they, you know, Peter denied Jesus at the cross. They went back to their jobs after he died. They were arguing about who's the greatest. They wouldn't, they didn't understand why he was talking to women. They like all these things that we'd be like, you'd look at a kid in terms of discipleship here and you'd go, they just don't get it because the disciples didn't get it. Mm -hmm. And so he, and then he asked the question to us, he goes, Okay, so here's the question. Did Jesus do a good job at discipling the disciples? <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the ultimate discipler, did he do a good job? Yeah. And we just sat there like, oh, man, can I say no? You know, but, right. but we were, and, and everyone was like, yes, you know? And then Pat goes, why? Why did he do a good job? And, and uh, whatever the arbitrary good job means. Right. But he said, he said, because their hearts were changed. Mm-hmm. And how do we know that? Is they all went on to trust what he said later with the help of the Holy Spirit and then go on to die for this message that they knew would save many and the mission that he brought them on. And so discipleship for me is always about this mentality with kids to continue on with them that they are now a brother in Christ. They're yeah. not a kid that I'm teaching all these things. They're yep. a brother in Christ, a younger brother to a certain degree. And I go, okay, what are the, when I think about a kid maybe that meets Christ as a freshman, I say, I got three years with them, just like Jesus did with the Mm -hmm. disciples. I got three years with them, and I'm going to think to myself, what are the primary things I need them to know? I think Young Life does a really, we're kind of like a beachhead in ways where you like, we weren't at Berlin yet in World War II, but like we had to start at Normandy. And so how do we get the kids just in the door to know Christ? Yeah. And that's why the church is so important for them to continue to disciple and for them to understand the importance of that. But it's really, okay, if they can graduate high school, or, you know, before they leave from me, some kids you will be a spiritual parent for forever. And that's mm-hmm. the best thing in the world. There's guys at my first time leading that are 30 now with kids that are like doctors in the first school I let out. And I thought I was so much older than them <laughs> to yeah, like my yeah. age, but I will go, okay, I really want them to understand, uh, Matthew seven, building their, their life on a rock, uh, on, on the rock and not the sand. I really want them to understand, um, the fruit of the spirit. I want them to understand salvation by faith alone. I want to understand just a couple of how to read their Bibles, mm-hmm. a couple of those things, how to pray. I don't need to give them the biggest theological teaching. I just want them to learn how to feed themselves. So for me, I think of it that way. And then taking that model with the disciples that Jesus had, um, just in terms of all their mistakes, Jesus asked way more questions than it felt like mm-hmm. he probably should as the, as the Messiah. He could have just told them, but he kind of let them dig their, their own graves in a sense and then sure. show them what it was. So when a kid, here's a really practical example. When a kid that I know is a Christian goes out and gets hammered with his friends on the weekend, my first thought isn't to address the drinking. It's mm-hmm. just, Hey, I heard about this man. And it's like, um, how are you, how are you doing? Like, what was that like for you? And then, I mean, I don't want him to drink, but we know, we know you don't just go stop doing this thing. And that's not really what God wants for us. He uses all things for our hearts, like for the good of those who love him. So my thought is, what did that make you feel like? Like, right. do you have to keep going to do it for it to feel satisfying or, yeah. or like, man, does he, 
has it been hard to, to hear the Lord lately or just to feel like he's for you? How can I help you? Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff is so much more valuable. And kids are like, oh my gosh, they're not here to condemn my action. Right. They really love me. So I think discipleship is being uberly patient, understanding that you may or may not be their spiritual parent for the for their whole life. Right. Um, that they're going to teach you too. Yeah. <laughs> that God's going to use them to teach you too. Yep. But that it is just relationship. Start inviting yeah. them to your friend groups and, and doing all that stuff. So yeah. it's crazy when a kid comes and I'm 30 and I'm hanging out with my buddies and I have a, like a high school senior, a couple guys come and hang out. We watch the football game. Yeah. They're like, I didn't know friendships could be like this. Yeah. You know, so I think it's 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 inner, it's it's a life thing. It's not an event driven thing. Yeah. So that's a no, long that's, version. <laughs> no, that's that's great. And appreciate you coming on. We are um, gonna be winding down on our time here, but before we go, um, as we've done with all our missionaries, um, we want to ask, um, you know, this is gonna go out obviously to our church, but this is also gonna go out to who knows how many different listeners. Uh, how can we pray for you? So talk to us about ministry prayers, but then also talk to us about personal prayers as well that we can we can be um, invested in you and praying for you. Yeah, I can start with the personal. I think for for Carol and I, that's my wife, Carol, is that we would value our time with Christ over everything, that we would just say, I, he is the one that drives this thing. Yeah. And so to pray that we would really fall more deeply in love and trust with him and uh, that our marriage together he would lead us to do that together in a, in like a more wholesome way yeah. um i would say also for for me um just that we would really take our 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 jobs our roles that the lord's given us as parents seriously and because yeah. it's easy to pour into other kids sometimes and 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 you can kind of feel like oh my kids get the the back half short of me the yeah stick, the short yeah. end of the stick yeah um in terms of ministry um i think just specifically for Harford County where I'm at is to pray for more leaders, more mm-hmm. people that have a desire to build relationships with kids is that that's what drives this thing. We don't, we're not event driven. So it's not like, Hey, if we just, just get a meeting here once a week, it's right. really, we're not, we just opened Havid Grace High School for Young Life this year, which is awesome. It's the first time it's been in the Route 40 corridor since ever for Young yeah. Life. But we, it's because we have a team of leaders that's going to the school and meeting kids on their turf. And so that's really what we do. And it's not that hard. You just show up and the Lord like uses you. Yeah. So that, and uh, yeah, I would just say, just keep praying that kids would meet Christ and that we would be, we wouldn't be scared to go where they are, to go even where the farthest out kids are that want nothing to know with God. Yeah. So, yeah. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. So glad that you were able to come on and join us. Thanks, man. Um, appreciate it. And uh Until the next time, we just rock the Casbah. Thank you again for listening to These Go to 11, an unchurchy conversation about everyday faith. Once again, please make sure you like, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you ever find yourself in the Forest Hill, Maryland area, please feel free to stop by at 135 Industry Lane, and you can get all of our service times and information at ChristFC.org. These go to 11.